0: I'm really happy with the situations that Joshua Williams and Jacoby Durant landed in with the Chiefs and the Rams. We look at how they could perform year one and why Durant, I think, could have a quicker, and then also, let's see where our undrafted free agents and camp invite went. Oh yeah, it's locked on HBCU, play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former hero sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu another day every day and the journey doesn't stop after the microphone is turned off if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives y'all know that i love talking with you so go ahead and dm me or tweet me does not matter i just want to hear what you have to say especially on this topic here i believe that joshua williams and Kobe Durant landed in absolutely phenomenal situation. See, having the draft. I'm talking about both of these guys. When it comes to having the draft, there's two wares in my mind. It's where did you get drafted as far as placement. And then it's where did you get drafted as far as location, the team. And both of these situations are very good. I am extremely happy and I think that you should be as well because let's look at it because if you're somebody who, and I know you are, somebody who is cheering on HBCU athletes and want them to really excel, I can't think of organizations than the Rams and the Chiefs. There's, there's not many, okay? They're in that class of probably five to seven teams where you, you go there and you feel confident, especially right now. Those teams kind of revolve, but you feel confident. And I want to talk about it because let's get into the first wear. Let's get it because they both land on the right side of the wear. The first wear is placement in the draft, and they are both fourth-round picks. Now, as fourth-round picks, you're going to have a little bit more of a leash. And if you were listening to the best draft show that was covering the NFL draft this weekend, Thursday through Saturday, the Locked On NFL draft show, which you should have been because you should have been checking it out. And if you were, you probably heard. One of our hosts was talking about his experience and he was talking about, hey, as a fourth round pick or a seventh round pick and talking about how these guys are treated in camp. It's different. The leash is different when you're a rookie. When you're a rookie, you're looking at a situation where you have to make a name for yourself. Right now, I'm watching All-American and listen, I can say this right now because you can't spoil it. I'm not talking to you, but right now I'm watching All-American. I'm a couple of episodes behind. I'm getting to a part. Skip about fifteen seconds if you if you don't want to get a spoiler. But I'm in a situation where Spencer is going to college, and Spencer was the man in high school, and he has to reestablish himself as the man in college. But he thought it was just going to roll over, and it doesn't. That's kind of what it's like being a rookie. And the farther down that you're picked, whether that's undrafted or seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, it determines how much leash that you have. And as a fourth round pick, you're going to get a good amount of reps. You're uh, not a, not the most reps, but you to get a good amount of reps you're going to get a good amount of lead like that for them because you shouldn't look as a rookie you're going to make mistakes you are and the more leash that you have the better for you because you're going to need it and that's what their placement as far as drafting to them now in addition to that they have the proper where when we're talking about where did they get drafted because the chiefs and the rams are some of the best organizations in the league right now and It's crazy because we're talking about a draft, a drafted player going to the Los Angeles Rams and being in a phenomenal situation when they're notorious for having the man forget them picks attitude. That's what they think right now. Let's need ain't worried about those picks at all. But let's look at the track record of success that both of these these teams have had. Both of them have been to a Super Bowl in the last three years, with the Rams winning this year and the Chiefs losing last year, both of these teams have been to the Super Bowl twice within the last four years because the Rams went this year and won, and then three years before this, they went and they lost in that game to New England, right? So you're looking at Kansas City making back-to-back appearances and then they missed this year. You're looking at the, making an appearance two years in between and then you make another appearance. So this, this is a team or two teams right here they're going to teach you how to be successful. And that matters in the sense of when you're around success, you begin to think success. You begin to achieve and just consciously move in a way that leads to success. Now, to a team like the fight? Let's just take the Falcons, for, it, for instance. There's no culture of winning in Atlanta. It isn't. And with that comes you can do it. But when you're Kansas City who have been successful, they've been um, multiple years. They made it to the AFC Championship the last, I think, four years in a row. You've been to the Rams who have been successful, were able to win a playoff game with Jared Goff in a situation. like, man, Jared Goff isn't going to be able to even throw a football due to, I believe, a thumb injury that year. These are teams that know how to win. Now you get into this culture and they're teaching you, well, this is what we do, this is what we do. It's a whole lot different trying to restart a culture. It's It's something like coaching. See, when you're coaching, you come into a situation where they're not used to winning. There's no stability. You have to cultivate something. But when it's already cultivated for you, for example, whenever Mike Tomlin decides to retire, whoever steps in next for that Pittsburgh Steelers role, you're going to a very stable situation. It's one of the reasons that people are so high about Kenny Pickett getting drafted there, because he's in a situation where there's a lot of stability. I think Malik Willis is as well, but. Malik Willis probably won't play this year. That's not even this this show, right? This isn't the draft show. But culture helps everybody, especially young players. And getting drafted to a team that allows you to develop is great for you. It is. It's absolutely great. And let's look beyond just the playoffs, right? Or beyond just the Super Bowl. In the last 10 years or nine years with Andy Reid and Chiefs, one, one season with less than 10 wins. In the five years that uh, Sean, excuse me, Sean McVay has been with the Rams season with less than 10 wins, both of them where they didn't make the playoffs. That's consistency and that's success. That's culture. That should benefit you as you learn how to be a professional around who know what being a professional means and they know how to be winners in that because we want to win. So now we should be able to see our HBCU athletes on some big stages. We should be able to see Joshua Williams and Jacoby Durant playing. But I think that Durant is going to actually have a bigger impact quicker for his team. I'm going to tell you why when we discuss what to expect for Joshua Williams and Jacoby Durant. All right, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day And today's word of the day is piggyback, meaning to be carried by or connected to something. And we're about to piggyback off of our last segment. And we're talking about, oh, well, Joshua Williams and Jacoby Durant landed on the proper side of both of the wares. Where did they get drafted as far as placement so they have a longer leash? They're going to get a good amount of reps. Where did they land as far as teams? They land really successful teams that knows how to win and they should be taught how to win by the the other guys in the locker room. They're gonna build good habits. But okay, all that is good. That means they landed in a very ad- advantageous position. That's all that it means. But what are they going to do with that advantageous position? What should we to see out in Kobe Durant in year one? And I think that the De- Kobe, De- Kobe Durant, excuse me, will have a major impact on his team This year, I'm only talking about year one, not talking about year two, three, four. I'm only talking about year one. And the reason I say that, well, actually, let me go into the Kobe or let me go into Joshua Williams first so I can break down why I think that his impact may be minimized. And it's the fact that he's in a crowded cornerback room. He was already there. And right before I started recording, it was announced that the Chiefs were trading with the Texans for cornerback Lonnie Johnson. And that doesn't really impact what I was thinking. My point was my point. Regardless, this just strengthens it. And the fact is, he's in a crowded cornerback room. It was three. Three is a crowd. I don't know what they say four is. I don't know. I'm not aware of that cliche. But I can only assume that it's a bigger crowd. It it didn't become less crowded when you added another guy in there. So you're looking at LeJarius Sneed and you're looking at Lonnie Johnson as the veterans that are there with Joshua Williams. But maybe the big thing that takes away from what I think playing time, I think takes away from his playing time is, well, you just drafted a first-round cornerback there, and it's going to be a day-one starter. They a round cornerback. This was their guy. We're talking about leashes in the last segment. His leash is about to be ridiculous, you know? And I believe that it, it will be too much to overcome. He will start unless injury happens, and then, hey, anything can come from there. But I just don't think it's an even starting point. So you're looking at a guy who is starting. I'll put it here. Can you tell? I think you can tell that, but I'll, I'll be cool. So you have a guy here in Joshua Williams, and you have a guy who's starting here in Trent McDuffie. And that's the difference. Trent McDuffie is starting higher than him. First round pick is in favor. You drafted him wanting him to start. That was the whole intention in him in round one. So with that comes the idea of we know who the man's going to be. What do we do with Joshua Williams? And I like to read up not just to see what the what the temperature is in these cities, but I also like to watch it after the draft or check it out after the draft when they do their grades and whatnot. Kind of like to see, okay, well, what did you think about this guy? Because I thought this about him, and they all love Joshua Williams. And this is before the Lonnie Johnson pick. They were talking about how he cemented the Chiefs turning what was a weakness in their cornerback room into a strength by adding Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams. I just don't think that there will be enough bodies to be put on to be put on the field at once. You'll see him sometimes but Le'Jarius well, Jerry Sneed performed well last year um Trent McDuffie's your first round pick and now the Williams as a fourth rounder trying to find his footing I think he'll make the team feel confident in that they called him a good developmental piece now that doesn't mean anything last year the Saints thought they had a good development dev- uh, developmental cornerback in Paulson Debo he came on and the Saints didn't draft the cornerback this year you know I don't think if, if many people would have Hey, the Saints could draft a cornerback, but Paulson Paul debos is one of the reason that they stopped that, that of drafting one. Oh, I wouldn't have believed you. He was a third-round pick who COVID. You know, I didn't, I didn't expect him to have that rookie year, so it, it's not to say that it cannot happen. Um, but then when you look at the Kobe Durant, with the Kobe Durant, I see a guy who, because of his size, has been slotted into that nickel slot, and it's perfect. It is perfect. I think that he has the – Experience at corner on the outside, it'll work to his advantage because you're playing corner and you'll probably have to slide outside some. And we'll get to that in a second. But then also, he's going to have the size and the agility to play nickel cornerback. So he's going to be in the slot on the inside, and I think it's already a spot for him to come out there and play. I'm not going to say he's guaranteed or I expect him to be a day one starter, but the route to being a day one starter, it's right there. Yes, they did just trade for Troy Hill, so these guys are in really similar situations. Fourth round draft picks. To very successful franchises at the moment. And also they just traded for a veteran cornerback. Uh, so they're very similar. But I think that the Kobe Durant has the inside track to being a nickel corner. And here's what things get interesting for the Chiefs. or I mean, excuse me, for the Rams, at least, is a lot of times guys will move their best corner or best wide receiver into the slot position to go against the slot corner. Jalen Ramsey is one of those corners who will follow you into the slot. So with him following you into the slot, now... You're gonna to have Dekobe to Durant on the outside some. And he he's played this before. This is what he's used to. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. And I think it's actually beneficial because you have a slot corner who you could argue as a rookie, coming in as a rookie, he hasn't played in the league yet. You could argue feels more comfortable on the outside. So when these guys try to slide Jalen Ramsey inside, now you have Dakota Durant going against whatever corner or whatever that you want to put out and this is right in his element. Time will tell if he can play outside corner at a, at a high level. And maybe he can. Maybe that the size will not be. A, but I think that he'll have an option I think that's something that's interesting. And, and really as a rookie, period, you don't want him going against the top guys in the league. That's why it's good to have a Jalen Ramsey. And you want him to ease in if he needs to. I, I, I mean, he's not a first-round pick. A lot of first-round picks on, on the top guys because you're drafting him to be your lockdown corner. But he's not being drafted for that. He'll be able to ease into the NFL. His transition should be a bit than if he was a first-round pick having to go against Michael Thomas or something. So I'm excited for him. I think both of these guys land in good situations for the long term, but the Kobe Durant should have a quicker impact due to the fact that his path to playing is a little bit more clear than Williams's is. Now before we get into the undrafted free agents, because I want to tell you who went where after the draft, because that is important as well. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, because BetOnline.com is the best sports wagering. Listen, the NFL draft may be over, and if you took some of those props, you probably made yourself some good money. But that does not mean that the sports are over in general. Right now, going on, you have the NBA playoffs. How many points? I want to see the over overrunner. How many points do you think that Kevin Durant can score from Cancun? No, I will play. I like KD. Let me let me stop. I don't want to. I don't even play. My guy John from Locked On Longhorns is gonna get mad at me because he's a big KD fanatic. Probably why he's on Locked On Longhorns today. But man, how many? What's the over under on Steph Curry in the series and and things of that nature? Right. So if you want to wage on that and have a little bit of fun, listen to Locked On Longhorns. But if you want to have more fun with your money, then go to BetOnline.net because they are the fastest and easiest. Way to wage on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. We're going to talk about the guys who didn't get drafted. What happens to some of the top HBCU prospects who don't go in a draft? The same thing that happens to everybody else. They get on the phone. They start seeing what teams want them, what teams are, are asking or what teams are offering up some money, what teams are not offering money. And you might not get an undrafted free agent contract. You might just get a camp invite. We're going to talk about all of that. Let's get into the undrafted free agents first, because they get some money. See, they, they after the draft went off and I mean, not draft went off, but after the draft was finished and everything went went down and the last Mr. Irrelevant was picked. It's time to time to start getting on the phone calls, right? All right, so wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. We're going to talk about what happens to the prospects from HBCUs that don't get drafted. It's the same thing as everybody else. They start getting on the phone. They go see what teams want them, which teams are offering the same amount or more money than the others. What team do they want to go to? Some aren't even getting money offered to them. Some are only getting camp invites. So there's a lot of things that could happen. We're going to list off where some of our HBCU prospects went and talk about them a little bit. Not at length, but some of the ones that stand out more than others. Now, with undrafted free agents, it's not a lot of money, but you do get a contract. That's the thing. It's an undrafted free agent contract. There's a difference between a camp invite and a contract. And one's a contract, one's an invite. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Let's look at the list of HBCU players who, at this time at least, have signed an undrafted free agent contract. You have Marquise Bell, who's going there with, or from FAMU, who's going to the Cowboys. We talked about him on yesterday's episode. Savion Williams, his teammate, is going to the New York Jets. Felix Harper. So we have our first quarterback. And actually, our only quarterback, our only quarterback who was signed to an undrafted free agent contract. The reason I found that kind of interesting, one, he went to the Browns and we saw him working out with Deshaun Watson earlier in the um, off season leading up into the draft. But I thought that was interesting because there's been a lot of talk about Aquil Glass. Rightfully so. Two-time black Player national player of the year. He's well-deserved all of the praise that we give him. But he didn't get an undrafted free agent contract. We'll talk about him when it comes to the camp invites. And I thought that was really interesting. I know a lot of times about It's not about what you know it's about who you know, but to a certain extent, this does speak about how people view Felix Harper. Yes. Does, does the fact that he was training with Deshaun Watson possibly play a part in why he got picked up with the, with the Browns? Yes. But he had to be talented. I don't think, first of all, if Deshaun did vouch for him, which I assume he did, Deshaun ain't vouching for no scrub. He not. So it speaks volumes, but it also is like, Hmm, he was able to get that invite or he was able to get that contract instead of an invite. And Glass didn't. I'm not saying what it means, but it means something. I'll leave that open to interpretation. Right. Let's continue with the list. Ron Hunt out of North Carolina a He went to the New York Jets. Sorry, Felix Harper is out of Alcorn State. Um, Al Young went to Jackson State and now he's going to the Giants. Deshaun Dixon out of Norfolk State is going to Jacksonville Jaguars. And Shamar Bridges, a friend of the show from Fort Valley State, is going to the Baltimore Ravens. And you got two people in New York, or three people in New York, and you see that the Jets signed more than anybody. They have Savion Williams and then also had Ron Hunt. So you have one on the defensive line and then also another in the backfield, or excuse me, another one in the in the uh, receiving court. And when you look at this, you have Al Young, at defensive back, but that's it. So that brings a total of, or excuse me, and Marquise Bell. So you bring that to a total of four defensive backs who were either drafted or signed. And then the next closest position would be the wide receiver because you had two wide receivers and you didn't have any offensive linemen. Uh well, I don't know. James Houston's kind of weird. I don't know where I put him, but he's an uh an edge rusher slash drop back linebacker. We'll see what he plays in the league. But Savion Williams and Deshaun Dixon. So you see it's it's heavy defense for the HBCUs, other than Carter and then Hunt. That's it. And then Harper, you got you got those three uh, offensive players, but it's not many when you measure it up. Now, the list begins to grow. Right there, you have eight guys who were drafted, or excuse me, you have eight guys who were undrafted free agents, in addition to the four guys who were actually drafted, that's 12. Even when I was talking about success, I think I said like 15 guys landing on a roster. It's not hitting that threshold. Um, but let's look at the list and how it continues to grow when you talk about camp invites. And now you have Caleb Carter to the Colts, Aquil Glass to the Bucks, um, Jermaine Martin to the Colts, Jawan Taylor to the Jets, D. Anderson and CJ Holmes to the New Orleans Saints, Saphir Kelly to the Green Bay Packers, Marquise McClain to the Jets, Seattle picks up Keenan Forbes, and then also you have Will Adams going to the Atlanta Falcons. Listen, Will, whatever I said about the Falcons earlier and the culture and whatnot, I hope you can get past that. You know, I like you, you Virginia State HBCU guy. I'm rooting for you. I'm 100% rooting for you. But listen, I can't help but talk trash about the Falcons. It's just the Saints in me. It's it's not my fault. I was born this way. You understand? (laughs) But you have a lot of players who were either draft free agents or camp invites. It's going to be a much steeper hill for camp invites to climb because it's rookie mini camps. There's only like two to three days for you to really make your impression. Say, hey, I you're not only going to be competing with the draft picks. You're also going to be competing with the guys who were undrafted, but basically placed above you. They're not all formation. They're not all D one, some are D two, but there's guys who are undrafted free agents and naturally the team prioritized them by giving them a contract over you who only got an invite. It doesn't make it impossible, but it does make it a steep hill to climb. Now, We'll, we'll continue to track their their progress and we'll talk about that on on uh or excuse me we'll continue to pro- track their progress as the time goes on so that's why you need to continue making us your first listen of the day so you we'll continue to track their progress as they go forward and as mini camp rolls around and whatnot so if you want to see how they're doing and updates for that make us your first listen of the day every day now for your second listen of the day we have a lot of conference shows that you guys need to go check out we have locked on big 12 we have locked on acc with a good friend of the show candace cooper always show love to her you know we got chris gordy at locked on sec got josh nate or excuse me spencer McLaughlin at locked on pac-12 there's so many things you got the power five you got four of them there you got four of the power five conferences that we have conference shows for you're not going to want to miss it It is great content because it's locked on content. It's easily that. It's just that simple, really. And if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter, at South Exclusives. In the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.